0: I just want to go right into church, right into where I left off last week. Last week, I just spoke for a little while and challenged us. And I believe the Lord just opened up a little bit of a thought process for us in in this week. And I just want to pray one last time, one more time rather. Lord, we thank you that you are with us. We just pray, Lord, that your word, you send your word out. You speak, Lord. You do it. We thank you, Lord, that we are open we're leaving all of us at that door, Lord. All of our heart issues, all of our flesh. Thank you, Lord, that the temple is us, but we have chosen to gather, Lord, under your name. And so, Lord, the temple is now here. It's in this room. So this place, Lord, is holy, and you don't you don't get along well with our flesh. You love us. Thank you, Lord, that you love us unconditionally, but You're working on us, getting that out of us. So we just pray in Jesus' name that your word, as it does best, would penetrate to the deepest depths of our heart, Lord, and separate our thoughts from our intents, Lord, our soul from our spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Posed a question for you last week, and I want you to ask yourselves, if you weren't here, you'll hear it for the first time today. If you were here, you're going to hear it again. The question is, Are you giving God your best? Is God getting your best or is he getting your leftovers? Very simple question to ask. Tony said to me after last week, no more questions. (laughs) Just when I think I'm moving, I'm getting it, you ask me another question. We should constantly be evaluating ourselves and just looking inward. Our hearts are, the Bible says, exceedingly wicked Your heart is deceptive. And uh, Paul said, I don't even judge myself because I don't know. I think I know me. I don't even know me, he said. I let Christ do it. And that's what we need to do. We need to constantly be before him, constantly just coming before him and just laying it all out there, Lord. All of it, the good and the bad. The bad's obvious sometimes, but sometimes we think we're doing good or we think we're good. And the Lord's got some fine tuning to do in there, doesn't he? I'm going to be a little bit transparent. I went out on, it's just been bothering me ever since. We went out on Black Friday and the mall traffic was insane. And inside the mall, the speed limit around the mall is 20 miles an hour, which is actually kind of fast for a parking lot, but it's the outer rim, right? And people are pulling in and pulling out the whole time. So I go to pull out. I see a car is coming, but it's 20 miles an hour. By the time you get to me, I'm not pulling in front of you. This is not Route 9. We're inside of a mall. I pull out, and the guy comes up to me about 50 miles an hour and actually goes over the line as if, like, he's going to go around me. And I slammed on my brakes, just instantaneously put my brakes on. Now, it was an inst- I didn't have enough time to really... Asked the Lord what the right thing to do was in that moment. But instantly, Dawn yelled at me. Not, she didn't even know what was happening. She's just like, what are you doing? But it checked my heart. It really checked me. And I just instantly, then I said to the Lord, I'm, I'm sorry, because that would have been unfortunate for him because of me. My truck would have been fine. His BMW wouldn't have been fine. And uh, But I just, it really hit my heart that, you know, you think that you love people, that you're more and more patient and more kind, and, and Christ is doing a work in you. And it takes pressure. That's really when the truth comes out, is once the pressure hits you. You don't know the real you until you're pressured. It's easy to be nice when everyone's nice, <laughs> until someone pushes you. Now I didn't think he was right, and I'm not saying he's he was right to do what he was doing, but at the same time, first of all, is it really a big deal? No. Secondly, it's just not Christ like, period. And those moments, though, what we should do is not shelf them, I mean not sweep them under the rug and think it's no big deal, and just say, well, whatever. We should immediately take that moment before the Lord and say, I'm sorry, first of all. But not just that. Repentance is not really just, I'm sorry. Repentance is, help me change. That's true repentance. There's there's sorry, and then there's, Lord, how can I be better? (laughs) I want to be more Christ-like. And only he can do that. You can't do that in yourself. You know that. I don't need to tell you that. But these moments are moments that God uses. And he does that in a, That was a very light. That's a G-rated moment. You may have some NC-17 moments around your life sometimes that are really flare up and show you who you are. God uses it though, doesn't he? He uses every little thing. If we'll let him. He uses every single moment in your life, constantly shaping Constantly forming you. Constantly creating you. That's some lines from a song that I've been listening to recently. He's constantly making you, though, like himself. In fact, Adam and Eve in the garden were made in the image of God. And when sin entered the world, you still bear the same resemblance physically as Christ, but you don't bear his spirit with sin in your life until you get his spirit back, right? We know that. We come to Christ. Christ washes that sin away and his spirit comes inside of us and the original image of Christ that you were formed in, that mankind rather was formed in, starts to show up again. And you can see that, right? In those moments you see, okay, there's an absolutely, there is a spirit, of God working in me, and there's absolutely an old me that the Spirit is washing away. And, and those moments, actually, God uses to do that, to highlight and to show what He's doing in you. And we need to let Him. Amen? Giving God our best. You could look at this in about every single facet of your life. Every facet, everything you do, every breath you take, we can look at this question and, and we can say am i giving god my best am i doing everything that i'm doing for him and we can look in colossians actually in chapter 3 verse 23 and many of you many of you here know this scripture very well you may know it in your translation it says work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the lord rather than for people. Verse 24, remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. Truly, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what your life is, who you're working for, who you're not working for, etc. Whatever you do, whatever it is, do it pleasing the Lord, working for the Lord there may be people involved, but you are looking through them just like we don't war against flesh and blood, right? When the trials and the things come from people, it's not actually them, it's the Spirit controlling that, either that moment or that person. And the same thing goes for things like your job. You're not really working for that person. They're just in between you and God right now in the, in this, in the physical. But spiritually, God is your boss, And you're pleasing Him, even when the person doesn't see it, God sees it. So God's looking for us to be great, to be diligent, to be uh, studious, to be um, doing what people don't see at all times. And you can apply that to every single area. But I want to speak for a little while today specifically on that He has put that into you in the church and in by what i mean by the church is not this building although this building is a facet of it this building is a facet of the church but the church is you the person everybody i want you to put your hand up i want you to say aloud, i'm the church church. and we're the church church. this is just a building but when we're here together if I'm the church, and you're the church, and we're the church, then this is a church as well. We are the church. We don't change from being the church when we're at home. We're no less the church when you're at work. We are the church 24-7. And besides that, we are only a facet of the church. We call churches... We call pastors and, and even denominations from head down, sects of Christianity, but Christ doesn't see it that way. Christ is looking at all of the cells and parts that make up the whole. You are part of the church of the world that calls themselves believers under Christ. And because of that, then we need to be considerate when we look at the verses here, of what Christ is saying to us. He said in 2nd Peter chapter 1 verse 3, by his divine power, God has given us everything. Everybody say aloud, everything. He's given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory in excellence. He has given us everything. He's given you personally. He's given every relationship. If it's a Christian relationship, if it's a Christian group, everything that you need is in Christ and in fullness. When there is lacking, when there is strife, when there's the striving and there's the buckling and there's the fighting and there's the jealousies and there's the envies and all of these things in there, that is not because Christ hasn't finished his part, it's only because we're not letting Christ in his fullness, in everything, in everything, gave us everything. We're just not letting that everything of Christ out. We're restricting him. He's given us everything, but when we come up against, we fall short, when we come up against each other, or we're out and we're not representing Christ as Christ deserves to be represented it's no, it's no lack of him in us. It's a lack of us letting him out. And so, as I said last week in Romans 12:1, he pleads with us. He said, I plead, give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. And in verse 3, in the New King James Version, it says, "But, But this, he said, Through the grace given to me and to everyone who is among you, I'm telling you this, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. I want you to see this verse. What does this last line say? God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. What I wanted to speak and I'm just, I'm trying to, I'm inching towards this point here today, is that God gave us each other. In order to be, give God your best, is reliant, being reliant on each other. In order to be your best, God assembled the church to, as iron sharpens iron, to grind against each other. In order to be your best, sometimes you don't realize what's in you and God just checks you right then and there by yourself. You're in the car in that moment in the mall. But many times it's going to be the believers that he's put around you. And it's not just me as the pastor with the microphone who's going to tell you this is what the word says and this is where you either are measuring up or not measuring up. Although that's, the pastor should be doing that. As his congregation, but this is each other too. God's put us together. He's put us together and he said, and I want you to realize that give yourself fully, Romans 12, 1, and that's where we're already at, but not only give yourself fully, but also realize that no matter how fully you give or how fully you don't give, that each of us have been given a measure of faith. Each of us have been given a portion from him. And it says in verse 4, Romans 12, thank you, Jesus. Verse 4, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body, we are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. I want you to say that out loud. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. It says in verse 6, In His grace, God has given us different gifts. I want you to say that out loud. God has given us different gifts. My gift is different than your gift. You can say that out loud. (laughs) My gift is different than your gift, but He has given us... Each gifts. God has given us each a gift. Your best towards God, as I stated, I wanted to read that verse because it's just, when you're just out and about, it's not just in this building or it's not just when we're together that we're giving God our best as a church. You as the church giving God your best in your workplace, in your family, in every relationship. And that needs to be stated. But specifically today, what the Lord is speaking about is that when we are, as the church, when we are uh, serving God as the church, we are one body, A. We are one body. This is everyone in here. This is one body. We each are a part to one body. We each are a part. And we all have different gifts. God has given each part a gift. And it says, So, if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. Verse 7. says, If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Verse nine says, don't pretend just to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Verse 11, never be lazy but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Amen. (laughs) Colossians 3, right, makes a lot of sense now. No matter what you do, no matter who it is, it's not for people, it's for God. God is looking at everything you do. He's looking at every action. And God has put His church together that is worldwide, that is nationwide, that is valley-wide, right down to this cell of the church, right down to you as an individual, right down to you as couples, God has put together a body. We're each a part of his body. We're each there to serve. We're each there to do different things, certain things, but he's called us to do whatever he's called you to do, to do it well. Did you see that in these verses? Did you see what he was saying? Whatever it is, whatever he's called you to do, do it well. And I was just meditating on this thing. I don't know if you're like me, whether it's your age or whether you do it to yourself, but I'm always sore, always tired. Dawn would agree because she's pushing herself, pushing herself, working out but I always got something in my body somewhere. I'm never, ever, ever just 100%, whether it's my, you know, I'm tired, or my body pain-free, just clear. I mean, like you get like a moment, you're like, ah, you notice that moment. But you push through, I mean, you don't just, you know, every day is not bedridden, right? You feel a pain, I had pain in my back, I did it to myself, it's my own fault. But I, you keep going, and then the pain's going, and I'm, and I'm praying over it, and, and it's going, and it's gone. And then when it's not that, you know, you, got to, you have a thorn that's stuck in your knuckle, which I did to myself. I got infected. It was painful. But it's always these things. But I was thinking of how the body, my body is always working on overdrive, but different parts. Because when the back was out, the back really couldn't function that great today. And everything else around my body, my legs are now tired because they're working on overdrive to try to carry the back that would be carrying a lot of your body. And I was just meditating on how the Lord has put together, he's put us together on purpose. Come on, I want you to say that out loud. God put us together on purpose. It was on purpose. (laughs) He put every couple together on purpose and the couple there is there. You know, there's the, there's the, everybody's, I see couples smiling and laughing. It's funny, but he puts you there. Why is this funny? (laughs) Put couples together to, to, to humble us. us. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, To humble us. And when I have a strength, it's there for Dawn's weakness. And when I have a weakness, her strength is there. And that's what God ordained. In fact, as Christ being our other half, did you know that Christ is your other half? And he is your strength for your weakness. That's the picture. The, even the picture with us in Christ is that we are reliant we're only half of the picture he's the perfect half he's the better half, right? So we have a saying he's the better half, but even as a husband and wife as couples and as a church, God has designed us to rely upon each other. You cannot do it alone, and you are not an island and in Romans 123 before we got to those gifts before we get in, got into uh, what we are together, and we all different, but it says, don't think too highly of yourself, because he's given each of us a measure of faith, and what I really feel like the Lord wanted to speak today is that when one of us is weak, another is strong, and that's how God designed it. Did you know that? But what we do as, as Christians is what we do as people. We look down on the weakness and lift ourselves up in our strengths, just like Christ did, right? Christ lowers himself down to the weakness. He didn't become the weakness. Now, that's that's key, right? He just puts himself low. He levels himself with your weakness and stands alongside you to lift you up. I don't know if this is making any sense to anybody today. Maybe you can take this and shelf this or pocket this for another time. But God has put us together. He's given us each gifts, and they are for each other. Did you know that? Your gift, come on, everybody, do want you to say it out loud. My gift gift. is not not for me. This church is kind of like a mixture of a couple, a little bit of old, a little bit of new, not age, sorry, just from, you know, the 80s where I grew up in the church, a little bit of both. And so maybe you guys don't know this, but growing up, a lot of the church is all about my gift and me and my abilities. And it's very self. It's very focused on who I am and everybody's fighting just like they would do in a business world. It's crazy. Not in this church. Everybody's fighting and pitting to be the the star. It's so opposite of God's kingdom, isn't it? So opposite of what the true church is, opposite of what his word is. Jesus said it, you wanna be the greatest, that's fine. You'll just be the least in heaven. (laughs) The least will be the greatest, the greatest will be the least. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. So Jesus, the son of God who sits on the throne, said, I came to serve. God has called us to serve one another. And each part is equal. Let's come on, say that out loud. Each part, each part is, equal. is equal. Again, maybe none of this is going to apply to you today, but you'll remember this for when it matters. Each part is equal, and God has given you the gift you have. It's not from you anyway. Just when you think, oh, I've got this figured out, got my gift refined and, and shined, wasn't you anyway. It was from Him. Second thing I want to say is you have a choice to do with what He's given you. We have gifts, all of us, but you have the choice to do with what you want. That's free will again. Just as we have the choice to choose Him, we have the choice to do with what He's given us. We can use that gift to glorify ourselves. We can use it to glorify God. And finally... The most important gifts, as all the gifts come together, and we will, you know, we're, we're here for each other, and we're refining we're each other and helping each other. Jesus tells tells us, and and then in Corinthians tells us that without love, you can do all these things. You can do this. You can do that. It goes through the list. In fact, let me just read the list here in Corinthians chapter twelve. He says. Verse 7, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. What's that say? In 1 Corinthians twelve, seven, it says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can make our lives amazing and build ourselves up and just have this amazing Christian walk. Okay, maybe that's not necessarily wrong because as the countering from each other, it is doing that. But it was for, God has given us a spiritual gift so we can help each other. You know you will never find happiness. Oh, wow. We're just going. Here we go. I just see it. I see that trail right there. Here's a side trail. You ever see a relationship that just, or a person that can never find happiness because they're never willing to die. That's really what it comes down to. Husband and wives, it's laying, Jesus said, I'll show you love. You want to see the greatest love? It's laying your life down for one another. You will never be happy as a Christian unless you are using, you ready for this? Every single ounce of yourself for someone else. Not 95% and 5% for you. You give 100% and you'll get 100% back from them. That'll be yours. You'll get yours from them. And you don't need to rely on anybody's giving you anything. You just give your 100% as Christ did. That will give you the best happiness you'll ever have by giving everything you have, by giving your best to each other is giving your best to God, and and, and honestly, whether you don't even experience it here in heaven, as Jesus guarantees, by becoming the least, you will be the greatest. I'm a little over the place today, guys. It's just what the Spirit is saying today. It says in verse 11, it is the one and only Spirit who does it Who gives the gifts? It's the Spirit of God who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Who decides? So who's greater? Who's least? Who's first? Who's last? There is no pyramid in the church. Maybe the world looks at it like that. Pastor is not, you know, it's not a top. It's not a tier system. (laughs) Although you've seen them. Come on, church, if you've been in the church a little while, you've seen the tears. There is no tear system. It says the Spirit has distributed the gifts, and He alone decides which, each, which gift each person should have. And that, if that doesn't humble you, I don't know what would. That just humbles you. You are only who God made you to be. Just be who, you, who He made you to be. But, verse 12, the human body has many parts. And the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with Christ's body of Christ. So it is with the body of Christ. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together, let's read that out loud. What does it say? All of you, sorry, because I'm at verse 26, Mariah. I'm just reading through it like this is all straight. (laughs) Verse 26 says, if one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. Verse 27, thank you. I thought you were reading my mind. (laughs) All of you together our Christ's body. And each of you is a part of it. Verse 31, so you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. So he tells us, so let me just establish a couple of things here in 12, and then I wanna read 13. He says that you're all a part, you all have a gift, it's not you anyway, it's the spirit of God, it's for each other, it's not for you. The gift that he decided to give you is not for you. And it doesn't and it shouldn't elevate you anywhere. It should lower you and humble you. Because when your gift is actually being used, why does my gift need to be used on Tony if he's doing fine? It's only being used if he's in weakness. So my strength right now is coming down to his weakness and lifting him up. If you are operating in your gift, you are always going to be low, 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 low. You're always coming down to the next person's level. And if you're just worrying about your own thing and worrying about your own crisis and your own things all the time, as I preached a few weeks ago with Paul, I really believe the joy he found is because he didn't worry about himself. And it's really the key to Christianity. I think it's the greatest key that has been so just kind of not talked about enough. That the real key to Christianity is Christ. Christ. The Christ, it's in the word. Christ in you. Christianity. So if I'm practicing Christianity, then I'm practicing Christ. Which is selflessness. It's how can I serve you? It's how can I help you? And I never got to it. I had a story that I was going to preach uh, a couple of weeks ago. Just obviously there's, it's a big book, a little bit of time. <laughs> but Jesus had so much compassion on the people and he just hears that his cousin and his loved friend as well, John the Baptist is dead and he's actually, he's actually hit a low. He wants to be alone. You know that Jesus, I said he withdrew, but he actually wanted to be alone. But he went to go to be alone, and there was a crowd there, and the Bible says that he had compassion on them. That even in the place of, of him being, I think, probably very, very, very low in his spirit, and in his mind. I mean, just, I and mean, he's still a human being. He just was a low moment And he chose to give at that very moment, give anyway. He didn't worry about his own. He did withdraw after, after that. Sometimes you gotta wait till after. At the very moment, you just have to give. I call it doubling down. You've heard me say that in this church more than once. Just when you think you've given all that you've got, you don't have anything left to give, you gotta double down and give again. And that's in every facet of your life. Just when you think you've loved enough, You've done enough. You've been there for these people enough. You know, Jesus could have been like, I've been with them nonstop. They can wait five minutes. And Jesus has compassion on them and gives them more of himself. And then Paul says, because you can do all these things, you can do all, have all these gifts and you can be working for each other, verse 31, but there's a way that's even better. Let me give you the, the thread to the gifts of God. Let me give you the thread. And it's in 1 Corinthians. There were no chapters and verses. So he's just continuing on. 1 Corinthians 13. Many of you know this, but this is a continuation. He's saying, Let me show you a better way. That's even best of all. With whatever gift he's given you, you can do, you can work that gift as best as you could. But verse 1, chapter 13, but I could speak. "...all the languages of the earth and of angels, but if I didn't love others, I would be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body... He's talking about to the death, actually, here. Even if I gave my body to the death for Christ, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Jesus tells us in Mark chapter 12, verse 29, he said, The most important commandment is this, listen, O Israel, the Lord our God, is the one and only God, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And he says a verse that we don't like next. We say, okay, that's great. I can love God. Loving God's easy. Except he says, verse 31, the second is equally important. Everybody say it loud. Equally important. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. (laughs) And we can say, oh, I do love my neighbor. Oh, but I do, Lord. Oh, but I do. And Jesus says, but did you love them like I love them? Did you love them yet? Did you love them to the end? Because Jesus has a couple examples for us. He shows us on the cross that as he's being crucified, he said, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And I totally forgot that actually Stephen in Acts chapter seven said the same thing. They're literally dragging him and shouting at him and they're throwing stones at him. And it says that he said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he said, don't charge them with this sin. And with that, he died. (laughs) I love the word, don't you? Romans 5, chapter 6, uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 6 says, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps, might perhaps, be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Which means the type of love that Christ has is the type of love that Christ has, the type of love we're talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the type of love that he's talking about, love the Lord your God, and then love others the same way, is defined here. By example, we have the word love, and then people put their definitions on a word, but we have the definition by examples. He gives us the exact example example of what that love is. And it's that while they were still sinners, that's when true love was activated, that's when it was really shown. Because Jesus tells us, He's like, you know, even, even the world loves their own, but when you can love an enemy, That's when real love is actually working. Otherwise, just the word love. The world has all kinds of definitions for that word, don't they? They're putting it, even smearing that word into sin. Very blatant sin to the church. And they're calling it love. But real love is death. (laughs) It's the death of you. But the amazing thing about his love, and it's about his kingdom, is if you will die... Somebody else, God has, first of all, himself, by example, he's already done it. Even if nobody on this earth will die for you, Jesus did. Even if by you dying and you say, Well, where's my love? I'm giving everything I've got, I've given everything to the kingdom, I'm giving everything God, and I'm not I don't feel like anybody cares about me, nobody's giving me anything back, where's me, 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 me? You just need to take all those thoughts and all those words and crush them. Those are all from the devil. That's not God. He himself loved us unconditionally. Even when, and it's not even true anyway, but even when you feel like you've gotten nothing back from anybody, you're given everything you've got and loving, 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 and you're not getting it back, Jesus is right there. He's never left you. He's at your side. He will give you 100% whether you love him back or not. He's already been loving you all along. Just a few statements and then love puts others first. It prefers one another. It lays down its life for another. It forgives even to the death. And that's because there really is no you. you. There is no you. You've already died when you came to Christ. It's willing to be wronged. This is real love. Real love starts showing up when, it's, when you are wronged, abused, disregarded. That's the moment when you choose to be Christ anyway. When you choose at that moment to not respond to what's coming at you, but instead with the love of Christ, responding to them as Christ did with his love, which is just death of yourself, even though they're nailing you to a cross and you love them anyway, that's when real love starts shining. Second Timothy chapter three, verse 12 says, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ will suffer persecution. But it says, but evil people and impostors will flourish and they will deceive others and then they themselves deceived. In other words, if you're a Christian, the persecution, it doesn't have to be physical, but just you are not going to be accepted all the time. But the world's just going to keep growing more and more evil. They're going to keep accepting themselves and more will be accepting of them. And that's just how it's going to be. But he says in verse 14, but you remain faithful to the things you've been taught. Remain faithful to the things you've been taught. You have to, you cannot worry about how anybody else is acting, treating you, or stepping up, stepping down, whatever, however they failed you, however anybody has, has, should have been there, shouldn't have been there, you are serving one master and it's the Lord. You're not serving a boss. You're not serving this church. You're serving God all the time. He's your boss all the time. And no matter what's been done to you, no matter who's disregarded you, no matter who's abused you, no matter who's wronged you, no matter who's just kicked you to the side or whatever, at that very moment, we need to cross over into his love. And when you do, talk about true happiness. Talk about you finding happiness at that death. What comes, ap- what comes after death? Life, resurrection. The only way to be resurrected is through death. There is no other way. And you try to do it half-sies, halfsies. That's another sermon. You're, getting, you're just in a dangerous place. Let's stand. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, you just take, Lord, you, you put this thing together in easier bullet form to comprehend in their hearts, Lord. And I just thank you, Lord, that you spoke. I know it was you. I don't know if it was spoken clearly, but Lord, I know you're speaking to us. And I just pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that you just seal it on our hearts, Lord, that we would realize that the time is short as... We can't say enough, Lord, and we need to be about your business. We need to have the things in our lives, Lord, they need to be right, not because you're demanding, but because our own lives depend upon it. Lord, the lives around us are dependent upon us being Christ-like. The only way they're going to see you is, Lord, by us shining the real Jesus, So we just thank you, Lord, that flesh is dying, that you're getting rid of more and more flesh, more and more flesh. And I thank you, Lord, that resurrection and in this church, Lord, in Jesus' name is coming. Lord, we are coming out of the grave and we're coming out without the old. The old man is gone. That place, Lord, that we went to, Lord, the grave, that death of us, of our flesh, Lord, it's bringing bringing resurrection. We thank you, Lord.